Thank you for downloading this sermon brought to you by the preaching ministry of Liberty Baptist Church of Las Vegas, Nevada, Dr. David Tice. For more sermons in both audio and video format, we encourage you to visit experienceliberty.com. Also, for a word of encouragement, insight, and biblical inspiration, follow Pastor David Tice's blog at davidtice.com. So without further ado, let's open our hearts to the Word of God. All right, we are tonight having a very special night because every third Wednesday of January every year, we have our church calls for a church business meeting. You say, why didn't you announce that? Because you may not have come if I'd announced it. And so we're not, we're not, we never announce it. We just let you know that that's what's going on. I'm excited about what God has done in our church in 2023 and what he's going to do in 2024. Now, the thing is, we are we are, have been doing a Bible study through the book of Mark, and so we're just going to continue doing that. Uh, uh, the Bible tells us uh, that Jesus is our example, and we're going to be, uh, after we get through uh, this business meeting, and it'll take us about 15 minutes, uh, we're going to get right into Mark chapter 8, uh, and we're going to look at Jesus, our example. Now, why, uh, and this is so important, uh, I just think it's very interesting that we're going to be studying about Jesus feeding the multitudes. Uh, numbers are important to the Lord. Why are they so important to the Lord? They're, uh, they're, they, uh, and they are. They're very important to the Lord. They're so important that God has a book called Numbers. Uh, so this is an important uh, thing to the Lord. Now why? Well, in the book of Acts, that Luke records numbers after numbers after numbers, and this is in your notes. Uh, in, in Acts chapter 1 and verse 15, there's 120 people that meet in the upper room. And then he goes from that, and he says that uh, in Acts chapter 2 and verse 41, 3,000 souls got saved and were added unto the church. So to that 120, there were 3,000 souls added. Now the church is running 3,120 people. Uh, after that, in Acts chapter 4, the Bible says that there were four or 5,000 men uh, that were saved, and God worked there. And then in Acts chapter 6, the Bible says that they got so large that the numbers were, it just says the number was multiplied. There's mul so many people that it was just growing by leaps and bounds. Uh, uh, the Bible says in Acts chapter 11 and verse 20, a great number believed. And in Acts chapter 16 and verse 5, the Bible says the church increased in numbers. Obviously, numbers are important to God. Uh, and why? Well, I, got, I have four reasons down in your uh, notes. It says that numbers are important because each number represents a soul. When we tell you that so many people got saved, every one of those numbers are people who are on their way to heaven that were on their way to hell. Can you say amen to that? That's a wonderful thing. And number two, numbers are important because they help us evaluate our effectiveness. Uh, if we're going in a certain direction and nothing happens that direction, then we need to reevaluate what we're doing and see how effective we can be doing something else. Numbers are important because they allow us to measure our progress, whether we're doing what God wants us to do or we're not accomplishing what God wants us to accomplish. And then numbers are important because it helps us to rehearse and rejoice the blessings of God. So tonight, we're going to, that's from your notes, the small notes that you have there. Tonight, I just want to rehearse some of the numbers that God has uh, done this uh, 
uh, the things that God has done this year, I want to go over some numbers of people that have been saved, of what has taken place, uh, because you need to be familiar with what is happening here at Liberty Baptist Church. Now, we celebrate week after week people getting saved, but I just want you to see collectively this evening uh, what has happened at Liberty Baptist Church uh, this past year, and uh, then maybe look at a few things that we're going to be doing this next year. Uh, first of all, what's been, ha- what's, what's been accomplished in 2000? 23 the facilities uh, we completed the marquee and the monument sign out front can you say amen to that so wonderful to walk to, to, to drive by there and see that that uh, uh, a sign actually working and and things looking good and so many people have said hey I just I drove by for years we had people say they drove by Liberty Baptist Church and didn't know what was here uh, but now you can't miss it because it's just speaking to you uh, we completed the stack stone uh, enhancement around the entire church building and that has been a long process and it's been great to see that happen we've completed the uh, protective glass enhancements so all of our windows uh, that go to the outside of this building are enhanced with a glass protection uh, that would that will keep the glass from shattering no matter what happens to them this past year we replaced and then refurbished we replaced uh, four air conditioning units all over the summer. If you're glad for air conditioning, say amen. Uh, if, you, if you're not glad for air conditioning, you've not lived in Las Vegas during the summer. Uh, we, and we refurbished uh, three others. So there were seven uh, air conditioning units that were uh, uh, either refurbished uh, and or totally and completely replaced. And then we purchased an additional 20 uh, feet of storage units. And uh, we're so thankful for that. Fiscally, fiscally, this is the neatest thing in the world. Uh, we, on January 1st, 2023, we still owed $255,000 on our church debt, and today we owe absolutely nothing. Say amen to that. That's just an amazing thing, totally and completely paid off, and uh, that is an amazing. There was $397,000 that we sent to missionaries. Our goal was to give $400,000 to missionaries this year, and uh, that's in our, our prayer list. We, we're, we actually gave $397,000 in faith promise to missions, uh, and right now in our reserve accounts, we have still $126,000 in reserves that uh, we can use for the glory of the Lord. Uh, Spiritual results this last year, and this is really, really exciting to me. We increased our leadership team. Uh, We have two new prayer group leaders. We thank the Lord for the prayer groups. We want to see that the prayer group leaders get up to 40 uh, because we really want to get everybody involved in prayer groups. Uh, uh, Greg and Brittany Granger and James and Rosalie Parker became uh, prayer group leaders, and we're so thankful for them and for their families and so thankful for that ministry and how it is developing more and more. Uh, Our missions outreach through missions, uh, and this is just absolutely amazing. We saw close to 16,000 people uh, trust Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. Can you say amen to that? That is just amazing. You say, how do you get those? We have our missionaries send to us a report uh, each. Uh, in fact, they'll be preparing those reports this month and next month so that we have them by March. Uh, a report of how many people got saved, how many people got baptized. We're, we support close to, uh, I think it's 96 uh, missionaries, uh, close to 100 missionaries. And by the end of this year, we'll be over 100 missionaries that we're supporting. Uh, uh, the... Um, 
and they send back to us reports of how many people have gotten saved and how many people have been baptized and how many people they're training in in uh, preparing for ministry in the future. And that's the stats that you have there. 15,981 people got made professions of faith. Uh, 2,949 of those got baptized. Uh, 1,265 students are being developed. Now, when it says students being developed there, that means that these are people who are studying for ministry to go out and plant churches. So you're helping plant churches in other parts of the country. Over a million tracts were distributed uh, this, uh, this year, a million 55,042 tracts. I think it's so exciting that this next year, with, with your giving to missions this year, we are, we, we are going to be, we are uh, sponsoring or paying for uh, over 300,000 tracts are going to be distributed in, in Honduras alone through 15 different churches that we're helping to support. It's amazing what God is doing there. Um, here locally, we had uh, 974 first-time guests come to Liberty Baptist Church. Those are people that actually put a card, that, um, filled out a card and said they were first-time guests. We had 177 people, this are, these are family groups, uh, joined Liberty Baptist Church this past year. 177 families. Uh, that is absolutely amazing uh, when you consider the fact that so many churches across this country don't even have 177 members. God is just blessed. We saw 108 people locally in that baptismal pool uh, follow the Lord in believer's baptism. And within our services, within our, local, our services here, we saw a, a, a 111 people trust Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. Uh, in January of 2021, our first service in January of 2021, we had 523 or 525 people in services. In January of 22, our first service of the year, we had 671 in services. In January, on January 1st last year, we had 701 in services. And in January 7th, the first Sunday of this year, we had 1,016 people in services. Can you say amen to that? It's amazing. So over the, over the year, our average attendance for 2023 was 984 people uh, each week. Now, if you took off the first and the last week of the year, which are always the two lowest weeks of the year, we would actually have averaged way over a or quite a bit over a thousand people a, a week. And it's just a, neat to see that God is doing that. The largest attendance we had this year was over 1,400 uh, people, and that was on Easter services. And our Christmas experience, we're estimating that about uh, um, uh, 2,200 people were on campus. We counted uh, 1,900 first-time guests, but we had about 250 to 300 people who were actually um, who are actually working. And that would include a lot of you in here that were actually working the Christmas experience. So uh, 2,200 people on campus that day. That was the largest on-campus event that we've ever uh, had. It's amazing. Now, we've done some off-campus events where we had several thousand people, but on campus uh, here, we had 2,200 people for the Christmas experience. And again, we got to give the gospel to 903 people in this auditorium, and that was just amazing. So uh, services that are available for, our, for, for the church continue to be Sunday morning at 8 o'clock, 9.45, 11.30, and 1.15 is our Spanish services. So every Sunday morning we have three services going on. 
Uh, if you like the smaller service at 8 o'clock, people come. We sing two songs and just get right into the preaching, uh, somewhat like we do on, on Wednesday night. And then on Sunday evening at 5 p.m., our connection classes. We, I love the fact this past week, uh, it's been our goal to get connection classes up to where we were having 500 people on, on, for connection classes. And this Sunday, this past Sunday, we had 500 people here for connection classes. Say amen to that. Uh, that's just an amazing thing because we've been praying specifically for that and watching that grow. That connection, that getting involved in a connection class is so important because you're getting a Bible study, deeper Bible study, but not only that, you're getting interaction with other Christians and we need one another. We need that fellowship. Um, uh, on, the, on Sunday evening, we not only have connection classes, we have children's choir, we have classes for teenagers, uh, junior high, senior high, and all the way up through uh, every age of adults. And then Wednesday evening, we have Wednesday in the Word uh, Wednesday around the world, and typically we would be at this time showing you a, uh, a missions video uh, from one of our missionaries, and, uh, but this week we're just telling you what's going on, what's been going on here at Liberty Baptist Church. So uh, you can also be involved in continued discipleship, uh, and we will be presenting this, this year um, Developing a Kingdom Family, which is an eight-week Bible study on video, and then Financial Peace University, which is a nine-week session uh, service that's, uh, that's available uh, that you can do uh, here at Liberty Baptist Church. You also have KVXL, which is our 24-hour-a-day, seven days a week uh, radio station. You can hear Bible teaching. I, I love driving back and forth to church listening to... Um, uh, to KVXL. It's so wonderful to hear so good Bible teaching. And I'm not just talking about me. I'm, talk I'm talking about all the other preachers that are there. You can hear uh, just some great Bible teaching day after day, 24 hours a day. And it's a wonderful thing to be able to be pumping into the air in Las Vegas, Nevada, 24 hours a day, seven days a week, the Word of God, where people can be growing in the teaching and preaching of the Word of God. And <clears throat> so... We also have Bible clubs. We have an average of 75 kids weekly going to Bible clubs. We have two public school Bible clubs and one neighborhood Bible club. And we have Liberty Baptist Academy, and there's 179 students involved in uh, Liberty Baptist Academy, and that's going on every day of the week. And what a great thing to be discipling children every single day. Every single day they get the Word of God. Every single day they get to apply Bible principles in what they're learning other than the Word of God. It's just a wonderful, wonderful thing. So without say, saying that, that's what's taken place this past year. Uh, what are our goals for 2024? We're just going to enhance our children's ministry hallway where these are, these are things we're going to be doing uh, back in the back. We're going to be uh, working on that. We're going to enhance the nursery and the toddler rooms. Uh, there's, it's time, uh, since we've got the building paid off, we want to do some things in improving uh, those things. Uh, and and uh, we're going to be totally remodeling the kitchen. We're going to be doing a parking lot. Where we're going to work on uh, paving the entire front parking lot. If you park out there, you'll know how bad that is needed. Uh, we're going to enhance uh, the auditorium stage. Uh, they're going to get somebody else up here preaching. And, uh, and <laughs> we're going to recarpet the office. And then we're going to, just in outreach, we're going to continue to expand our outreach and continue to promote connection classes and discipleship classes. We have decided as a pastoral staff this year that our focus is trying to get people 
from moving from just being saved, and being saved is a wonderful thing, but we want to help you grow in Christ. And so everything is focused on growth in Christ, and, and the connection classes is the key to that. And then, of course, our prayer groups, as I mentioned earlier. So that's uh, where we are heading uh, with the church this year. Uh, the financial report, and, and here are important numbers. Uh, that you can see uh, the total income report is we brought, God brought in uh, uh, $3,150,000 uh, this past year. Uh, through Liberty Baptist Academy, uh, uh, the Academy generated $748,000. Uh, missions, we brought in uh, $395,000. That is you. Every penny that you give uh, designated for Faith Promise Missions goes directly to missions. Uh, and you can see that we actually gave more to missions than we brought in from missions this year. Um, and we want to do that. Uh, we, uh, the Grand 1000 Club, uh, which, was, uh, which uh, is represented by all those leaves on those trees over there and over there, uh, was God used that, that club and, and other donations to help pay off the debt. And so we're so thankful for that. Uh, the, the money that comes in this year for the Grand 1000 Clubs will be used to uh, do all the remodeling that we've been talking, to, that we talked about just a few minutes ago. Uh, uh, the Spanish department of our church brought in $150,000. That's an amazing amount. We thank the Lord for that. And total other contributions were $1 million. Uh, $715,000, which gave us a total revenue of $3,150,000 that came in. Just want to let you know again about all of that. Expenses, what did we spend all that money on? We are a nonprofit organization, and you'll note that, that uh, we, we brought in $150,000, but we spent, uh, uh, I'm sorry, we spent uh, we brought in $3,150,000, but we spent uh, $3,142,000, which gave us a net profit of $8,000. And that's good because we're a nonprofit uh, organization. So uh, uh, we use those things. When you, when you give towards ministry, it goes to ministry. Uh, the ministry and operation expenses at large uh, were um, um, one... $1,670,000 or about that. And then um, Liberty Baptist Academy costs us $821,000. Uh, people ask me about the academy. How come we keep it so low? Uh, we do, we keep it that low, and the church subsidizes the academy because it's a ministry of our church. Just like Awana is a ministry of our church. Everything is a ministry of our church. Uh, we want to make the schools affordable for anyone to come, and we, we, we have the, the I, I'm, I, you can't get a better quality education in every area, but we want to keep it inexpensive. Uh, we have to raise tuition from time to time. We have to, uh, to keep up with what's going on and to make sure that uh, people are being paid adequately, but... Um, but there's no way in the world what we charge the people of this church to go to school uh, is what it costs us to educate. We, it costs us much more to educate the children than it does, uh, than we bring in through tuition and that kind of thing. So I want to make sure you understand that. Uh, uh, the uh, in missions. Uh, there was, uh, we, we spent $352,000 in missions. Uh, we spent $59,000 
uh, or close to $60,000 on youth. And you say, what is that? Well, that means that we have, we have youth camp, and it costs about $40,000 for youth camp. You say, wow, we spend that much for youth camp? Yeah, but uh, this is sort of a li little misleading. We get, uh, of that, of that $40,000, that $40,000 comes in for people paying for camp, and then it goes back out, but we have to record it. And so, uh, so youth camp, without that, it would be about... $20,000 in youth. And we, we focus, again, on reaching youth. Uh, on promotion and evangelism, that's printed materials and, 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 uh, and reaching out. We, we use a lot of printed material. We do a lot of, of, uh, of outreach, uh, $54,000 in that. For vehicles, we have seven different vehicles, uh, maintenance and gas for those vehicles. Uh, all of that, um, it was $58,000 uh, different ministries, other other ministries that we didn't take time to list uh, were $46,000, and our children's ministry was $79,000. And again, we have children's, we have uh, our, our junior age camp that's involved with that as well. But the total outgo was $3,142,888.26. Currently in our bank account, we have... Uh, $206,224, well, that's cash on hand in all the different accounts we have. We have four different checking accounts, and then we have savings accounts and CDs, and there's $126,000 in them. So again, the bottom line is that we spent about $8,000 less than we took in, and uh, we thank the Lord. People ask me all the time, what, what is this property worth? Uh, we believe that the last appraisal we have was several years ago, and at that time it was six to eight thousand dollars, six to seven thousand dollars. And so, of course, uh, things have uh, uh, have gone up in value. So it's uh, probably somewhere between seven and nine thousand dollars, or seven to nine million. Uh, sorry, <laughs> seven to nine million dollars worth of property. And praise the Lord. I hope I got that right. Anyway. Uh, um, so, and, and so all of that is just to let you know what God is doing. God is doing some amazing things. And again, what do numbers do? Numbers are important because numbers represent souls. Numbers are important because they help us evaluate our effectiveness. Numbers are important because they allow us to measure our progress. And numbers are important because it helps us to rehearse and rejoice in the blessings of God. If you rejoice in those numbers, say amen. Amen. God is good, and it's a wonderful thing to be part of a church that is alive where God is moving. Now take your Bibles and turn to Mark chapter 8, and let's take a look at this message that has a lot to do with numbers. Uh, multitudes of people uh, getting fed, and not just fed the Word of God, getting fed, uh, getting fed food. Uh, the Bible says this, Remember, Jesus had come back to this place called Dicopolis. It's the place where the, the maniac had been healed, and he left, and they were saying, go away. He comes back, and man, there are people there all over the place, and they're bringing people to him that are sick. Well, for three days they come, and they meet together with him uh, in this place. In, uh, in this place, and they're hearing the Word of God, and God is working in a wonderful way, but after three days of meeting together, uh, people are getting hungry. Now, Jesus has already, before, we, we read the story a few weeks ago of him uh, multiplying 
uh, bread and fish. Well, he's going to do that miracle again after healing the, the deaf mute uh, he, uh, that we discussed last week. He stays there for three days, and now he's going to repeat this miracle of multiplying uh, bread and fish and feeding. This time, instead of 5,000 plus men and women, he's going to feed 4,000 people. Look what it says in verse 8. Or in chapter 8 and verse 1, it says, In those days, multitudes being very, the multitude being very great, again, numbers are important to the Lord, uh, and having, let me go to this next slide. Um, uh, in those days, the multitude being very great and having nothing to eat, Jesus called his disciples unto him and saith unto them, I have compassion on the multitude. Because they now have been with me three days and have nothing to eat. And if I send them away fasting to their houses, they will faint by the way, for divers of them came from far. So he said, these people have come from a long way. And I can't just send them away without eating. And his disciples answered him, from whence can a man satisfy these men with bread here in the wilderness. Interesting, isn't it? That's the same question they asked him last time. It's, it's amazing. We see God do one thing after another after another, and we still doubt him, don't we? Uh, God does miraculous things in our midst. We see and we hear of the great things God's doing, but when the time comes and a trial comes our way, we think, how in the world this is this going to happen? It's interesting that he says, he turns to them and says, hey, take care of this problem. And they're thinking, how in the world are we supposed to take care of the problem? And he asks them, how many loaves have ye? And they said, seven. And he uh, commanded the people to sit down on the ground, and he took the seven loaves, and he gave thanks, and he brake, and he gave to his disciples to set before them, and they did set them before the people. And they had a few small fishes, and he blessed and commanded to set them also before them. Now listen to this, verse 8. With seven loaves and a few fishes, so they did eat and were filled. It wasn't that they got a little bit of a snack. It wasn't uh, like they got a little wafer uh, and a little cup. But they, they, so they did eat and were filled, and they took up of the broken meat that was left seven baskets. And they, had, and they, they that had eaten were about 4,000, and he sent them away. Father, I thank you so much for your word. I thank you so much for your provision. I thank you so much for what you have taught us this evening, just so far as we've looked at the numbers of how you've blessed this church this year. Thank you for allowing us to be part of a, th a thriving, vibrant church where lost people are getting saved week after week. Christians are growing. And Father, you're using this church to touch other lives even uh, around the country. And I thank you for that. And I, pray, I thank you for what we get to do around the world. And Father, for the, the 19,000 people that trusted you as Lord and Savior around, around the world, thank you for that. Thank you, Father, for those in this church that have gotten saved and those that have gotten baptized and those that are growing in you. And thank you, Father, how you're working Sunday morning and Sunday night and Wednesday night. We pray, Father, you'll teach us tonight. Thank you for what you're doing, and we pray that you would speak to us tonight. I pray, Father, as I teach this 
lesson, God, that you would just uh, communicate your truth to us and we might follow your example. And Father, we might learn from you. And we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. I hope you have your notes. If you do not have a copy of the notes, I don't know whether there are any more available, but uh, there have been notes distributed. I want you to see several things from this story that we learn from the Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus is our example. Number one, I want you to see that Jesus cared about the multitude. He cared about the multitude. Uh, he, he, He cared, first of all, about the crowd, he cared about every, the, the entire crowd. Uh, there's a passage in Matthew and ch- chapter uh, 15 where the Bible says, and, and it was in reference to this same story. It's just written by Matthew instead. It says, Then Jesus called his disciples unto him and said, I have compassion on the multitude because they continue with me now three days and have nothing to eat, and I will not send them away fasting lest they faint in the way. In Mark, he just says, we can't send them away. But here he says, I will not send them away. God cares about the multitude. You, you, you look at things that are going, around, uh, going on in our country, and you think, wow, does God even care? Does God care that there's crazy things happening in our world? Does God care that things are happening in my neighborhood? Does God care? Yeah, God cares about the multitude. But God also cares. Jesus also cares about the individual. He cares about you and me and our particular needs. Jesus cares about what's going on in our city, in our church, in our state, in our nation. And we ought to be praying on a regular basis for those multitudes of people. We should be praying for them collectively. But I want you to understand that God cares about your individual need. That when you go to him and you say, hey, my mom is sick or my brother's in the hospital or I'm not feeling well, God cares about your individual needs. A multitude of people is made up of individuals. And God cares about the individual. God cares about your needs. He was feeding all 4,000 of these people. He's going to take care of every one of their individual needs because every one of us get hungry. Every one of us are in need. That the truth of the matter is we need to allow God to burden our hearts about the multitude that's around us. We do. Um, we are in a position with our country right now. We're about to, to lose our country in a big way. And does God care? Yeah, I think he really does. I think he cares about what's going on politically. I believe he cares about what's going on on our media. I believe he cares about all of those things. We need to pray for our country. Let me ask you a question. Do you ever pray for the lost multitudes in our, con- in our country? Do you ever, when you, when you drive down the road and you see a kid doing things that he shouldn't be doing, do you just think he's stupid kids or do you think, God, Touch that kid. God, work in that child's life. When you, when you hear about the stuff that's going on in our nation, does it burden you enough to pray for them, to ask God to work? When you see things going on, I, 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 I think all the time about my grandkids, and I think, man, I want them to grow up. I want them to have... I want them to have the freedom. I want them to have this country. I want them to have what we had. I talked about that Sunday morning. 
Do you pray about those things? We need to allow God to burden our hearts about the multitude, the lost people. There, there's so many. The Bible tells us in Acts, 3,000 people got saved in one day. God cares about the multitude, but again, we need to allow God to, to burden our hearts about the individuals, one by one. How do you reach a multitude? Somebody said, how do you eat an elephant? And the answer to the question is, you eat them one bite at a time. Uh, that's it. Uh, there's, a, there's an elephant in our, in our world called sin, and, and, and people are sucked into that. And you and I need to understand that it's reaching one individual life at a time, one person at a time. Every opportunity that I have to talk to somebody about Jesus, I ought to use that opportunity. Every opportunity. By the way, somebody asked me Sunday if we had any of, if, if they could get any of those tracks that I'm always passing out. And we just got uh, the new tracks in. Uh, it's, it's the same, it's a, it's a nice, they, they updated the look, but it's the same stuff on the inside. It tells you how you can know for sure you're going to heaven. And uh, on the outside, it's changed. And so these will be available. I don't know if they're out in the foyer yet, but there's 50,000 of these. And so uh, unless you're going to pass them all out in one week, they'll be available. Uh, they'll be available so that you can use them. Wonderful thing. People are so open and responsive. I went into Walmart yesterday and talked to two or three different people. And every time I talk to somebody, I know that they're asking me for a track. And so I give them, I give them a gospel track. And people are so receptive. If you just tell them, hey, uh, we want you to know for sure you're going to heaven. Uh, I tell people, I, I wrote this because I went to church all my life and nobody ever told me how I could know for sure I was going to heaven. And, and people are always receptive. They'll take that. Uh, every once in a while, every once in a while, there's some mean, crouchy, nasty person uh, that'll say, no, I don't need that. And you know what? I think that's too bad. The person's going to go to hell and because uh, and, they, don't, they don't want that. But that is very, very seldom. But you know what the devil will tell us? devil will tell us, oh, everybody's going to treat you that way. That's not the truth. Every, most, most people are saying, wow, thank you. Thank you for caring. And people are in need right now. We need to allow God to burden our hearts for the multitude, and we need to allow God to burden our hearts for the individuals. Jesus cared for the multitude. That's the first thing that we learn in this. The Bible says, um, he said, I have compassion on the multitude because they have now... I've been with me for three days and I have nothing to eat. And in Matthew, he said, I will not send them away without a need. Now, I want you to see this number two. I want you to see this, that Jesus cares about physical needs. Jesus cares about physical needs. When you are hurting, he feels bad for you that you're hurting. If there's a physical problem, if you're, uh, if you're somebody's, people always ask me, what do you pray if somebody's, uh, in the hospital, what do you pray? I pray for what I want people to pray for me. If I'm sick and I'm in pain, I want them to pray, let the pain go away. Help him not to be sick. I don't care how they say it or what the words are that they use. I want people to pray that I won't be sick anymore. If I'm on my deathbed, this is what I want you to pray. Heal him. Lift him up. He wants to live longer and tell more people. That's what I want you to pray. And if that's what I want you to pray for me, then that's what I'm going to pray for you. If you're sick, uh, and I've had people, I've actually had people say, no, I just want to go to heaven. I think, well, no, I want you to stay here. And so uh, I'm not, I'm praying. 
praying that you'll just stick around. That's what I'm going to pray for. I, my wife said, if, if, I, if she ever finds me in a hospital and I'm, and I'm, and I'm about to go to heaven, she's going to, she's going to threaten me. Uh, I don't know what she's going to threaten me with, but uh, in fact, my wife says to me this. She says to me, she says, uh, uh, we're not, you're not going to go to heaven without me, and I'm not going to go to heaven without you. We're, gonna, we're going together. I don't know what she has planned. <laughs> but she says that to me all the time. And so, uh, so I, you know, and I've trusted her all these years, so I guess she knows what she's talking about. That, um, uh, what I'm saying is this. God does care about your physical needs. Uh, I've heard people say that Jesus doesn't care about physical needs. Not true at all not true at all uh, they've to, they've told me that jesus that we should only pray about spiritual needs you know this person needs to be saved we need to pray for their salvation we do, we do and i'm going to talk about that sunday morning uh, we need to pray for people to get saved and it's right and god tells us specifically we need to pray for people to get saved but i want you to see this that the vast majority of miracles that jesus performed were physical needs I mean, Jesus was everywhere healing sick people, people that were, uh, that were lame, were walking, people that were blind, were seeing, people that we saw last week, a deaf mute. Jesus heals him from his deafness. He's able to speak. God, the, the, God healed because he cares about physical needs. Jesus does care about your physical needs and he cares about your physical desires. Interesting this, John tells us that the very first miracle that Jesus ever performed was not even a physical need, it was a physical miracle, but it was a need, an emotional need a lady had. She, had, she was embarrassed uh, She was embarrassed because the, there was not enough wine at the wedding. And, she, and, and she's thinking, oh, what am I going to do? And so she says, so Mary comes and says to the servants, hey, you do whatever he says to do. And Jesus says, that's not my time yet. She said, just, just do what he tells you to do. And Jesus says, okay, go get some water pots. And so that this lady won't be embarrassed at her wedding or at her daughter's wedding, she, uh, uh, um, Jesus turns water into wine. What an amazing thing. God does care. He cared about her embarrassment. The Bible tells us in Philippians 4.19, my God shall supply all your needs according to his riches and glory. God cares about your needs. Now, he's writing to a church that was faithful in giving, and he's saying to that church that was faithful in giving that God will supply your needs because you've been faithful to do what he wants you to do in giving to, to the needs of missions. But Nevertheless, God tells us he cares about your needs. He cares about your physical needs. He cares about your spiritual needs. He cares about your mental needs. You, 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 you're having a hard time learning some particular lesson. I, I, our professors in school used to say to us, don't be praying that God will put the knowledge in your mind. You're supposed to put the knowledge in your mind and then pray that God will restore your memory. Uh, but... Uh, but, or bring it back to your memory, but, but uh, God cares about that, that. God cares. You're going through an emotional struggle with somebody. Uh, some relationship is not going well. God cares about that. He became a man so he could, and he suffered in all points like you and I do, and yet without sin. So he cares about needs. Then I want you to see number three, this, that Jesus told his disciples to meet the need. He goes to them. The, the idea is in verse, in verse 3, 
And if I send them away fasting to their own houses, they will faint by the way, for divers of them come from afar. Now his disciples knew that was their, their direction from him to go and meet their needs. You go and you feed these people. So they respond, his disciples answered and said, from whence can a man satisfy these men with bread here in the wilderness? He says, I want you to take care of their needs. Can I tell you that? That God does the same thing to us. You are left here on this planet to be used of God to meet the needs of other people. That's the truth. Uh, whether it's a spiritual need, they need to see Jesus in you so they can get saved. You're here on this planet not to satisfy yourself, but to satisfy the needs of others. Jesus, God wants us to, to see the need and meet the need. Now, that doesn't mean to you frivolously go by all the people that are on the street begging for money because you might be giving them a, not taking care of their need, you might be taking care of their addiction and you don't want to do that. But God leaves us here. He leaves us here so that we can be a help to other people. We'll see that in the next point. In John chapter 4, Jesus said, Say not ye... There are yet four months, and then cometh harvest. Behold, I say unto you, lift up your eyes. And that's what we need to do. We need to look around us and see the fields, for they are white, all ready to harvest. And he that reapeth receiveth wages, and gathereth fruit unto eternal life. Both he that soweth and he that reapeth may, re uh, may rejoice together. The idea is, God says, go out there. Be sowing and be reaping. Look under the fields. Uh, you're here to meet their needs. Jesus said to them, look, it's not all about me, boys. You're going to be involved in this. You need to meet their needs. And then they, they, they did what Jesus wanted them to do. Jesus wanted them to pray for the answer to the people's needs. They go to Jesus and they say, how are we going to do this? How in the world are we supposed to do this? The Bible says he asked them, how many loaves have you? Once they said, what are we supposed to do? They came to him asking to meet the need. And that's what Jesus teaches us. Look at the passage that I've written there in your notes in Luke chapter 11. Remember what Jesus said to pray? He said, pray, give us this day our daily needs. Give us this day our daily bread. And then he said unto them, he's, he uses bread as an illustration. He said unto them, uh, he said unto them, which of you shall have a friend and shall go to him at midnight and say unto him, friend, lend me three loaves for a friend of mine in his journey has come to me and I have nothing to set before him. And he from within shall answer and say, Trouble me not, the door is now shut, and my children are with me in bed. I cannot rise and give thee. I say unto you, though he will not rise and give him because, his, of his, uh, because he is his friend, yet because of his importunity he will rise and give him as many as he needeth. That is a picture of you going to somebody who has a lot of bread that's your friend, and you're going to him at midnight. There's a need. That's the idea of midnight. It's, it's a time of desperation. You're going to this person at midnight and you're asking for bread, but you're not asking for bread for you. 
You're asking for bread for somebody who's come to your house, a friend that has traveled a long distance. He's come to your house. He's hungry. He needs bread. He needs it, and he needs it now. And so what you do is you go to your cupboards. You say, I have no bread here, but I have a next-door neighbor. I have a friend who has bread. And you go to that friend, and you say to him, I need bread. And you're asking bread for the people who need bread. That's what Jesus wants. That's what the disciples did. He said, he said feed them. And they said, how are we going to feed them? Did you ever think that? Did you ever think, what am I going to do to help my friend? My, my, my friend out there has got a problem. They've got a financial problem. They got, my friend out there has got an emotional problem. They just lost a loved one. They, don't, they, they, just, they, they, they just had a problem with their kids. One of their kids ran away. Somebody's sick in the hospital. What am I supposed to do about that? Well, you can't do anything about it. But there's somebody that can. And you need to go to him and you need to say, God, I need you to fill me. I want you to give me what I need to give them. And when you, you get dependent upon God and then you go and you say, hey, I just want you to know, you know, I've found so many times when people are hurting, just saying I love you and I'm praying for you. I, I walked up to Rob a few minutes ago and said, put your head on my shoulder. And I put his bald head on my shoulder and I patted. You say, why'd you do that? Because Dallas lost. <laughs> so the man is in need. He needs some comfort. I said, are you okay? He said, no, I'm not okay. And uh, so I just, I, uh, and, and that's a silly thing there. But I'm telling you, I'm telling you there are people that really are in need and they really do need uh, uh, they, they, they need someone, and it's not what you can give them. It's what he can give them through you. See, they couldn't do... He, they, their, question, their question is so profound and so real. From whence can a man satisfy these men with bread here in the wilderness? How can any man do that? He can't. But you've just come to the person who can. Jesus can do through you. I don't know how to be the right type of father. People say to me, man, I, how did you raise kids to love the Lord? I don't know how to be the right type of father. But I can go every day to, to God and say, God, help me. I'm a, um, I, I didn't know how to be the right type of grandfather. But I go to God every day and say, Lord, help me. Because I don't know how to do this stuff. I don't know how to be a good husband. I've been trying for 46 years. I heard a quote last night, and I just loved the quote. The, the wife looked at her husband and said to, to, her, to him, he says, she said, my affection for you far outweighs the frustration I have with you. <laughs> I love that. My affection for you far outweighs. I, I laughed. It far outweighs my frustration with you. That's why my wife sticks with me, uh, because her affection for me far outweighs her frustration with me. Any woman living with a man is frustrated. You know why? Because men act like men, and uh, and uh, women think they don't have brains. And 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 then and then and, and women, men are frustrated with women. Why? Because women act like women. Women act like women. I was listening to Ken Hawkins, uh, the just uh, or Tim Hawkins. He's a Christian comedian. 
couple of days ago. And he said, I'm, I'm in the car. My wife is driving. My wife is driving. And she's, he said, I'm, I'm, I'm sitting on the passenger side. And she's, she's driving on, on the strips on the, on the long side of the road. And she's just bouncing. And I said, honey, move over. And she said, why is, this route, why is this road so rough? And he said, it's because you're driving on the, on, on, the, on the strips on the side of the road. She said, and she pulled over and she said, oh, that's much better. He said, yes. She said, why do they put them there? He said, she, they put them there so if people get over, pull over to the side, they'll know that they've gotten, they're, they're heading off the road and it tells them to get back on to, to, the, to the right area. And she said, oh. Oh, that makes sense. And then he said he looked at her for a few minutes and she just sat there with a glare in her eyes and she said, man, that's perfect for, bri for blind people. <laughs> men can't figure out the way women think and women can't figure out the way men think. And so how did it get off on that? Anyway, the... Uh, God meets the needs, and God wants us to meet one another's needs. Not be critical of other people's needs, but Jesus told his disciples to meet the needs of other people. God wants us to meet other people's needs. God wants us to pray. God wants us to pray for the answers to people's needs. And when we do, this is what happens. He answers. He is the answer. Uh, they needed, they, they said, all we have, he said, how many loaves have you got? Seven loaves. This is a repeat of what has already happened. Uh, but, but when he gives, when he, his hands, when he, when he touches it, when you give him what's in your hand, he can multiply it. He can take what you have. You say, I don't have anything. You've gone to him, you've asked him for it. He gives it to you, but he will multiply it. He will affect other people with it. Here's the key. The key is prayer and trusting him. Okay, Father, I have my friend who's come. I need bread. He gives you the bread, and you say, I don't know if this is going to be enough. Trust him. It'll be enough. You go to God every morning and you say to the Lord, Lord, I need you to control me today because I can't be the right type of husband. I can't be the right type of wife. I can't be the right type of father. I can't be the right type of mother. I can't be the right type of friend. I need you to control me. I, I recognize my dependence upon you, so please control me today. You ask him to do that. Then, then trust him that he's just given you what you need so whenever you see whoever you're going to see, he's going to be able to feed them through you. Ask him for what you need. That's one reason we should pray every day, Father, fill me with your spirit. Control me today because I need you to control me or I'm going to say and do the wrong thing. They came to Jesus and said, Jesus, how can any man feed him? He said, it's okay. Uh, how many loaves of bread you got? Seven. But that's not enough. It is if I touch it. He touches it and... And then uh, he just wants you to trust him and go out and start distributing the seven loaves that are not adequate. And you'll say, man, look what God did. You ever been talking to somebody 
ever been sharing the gospel with somebody or just talking to somebody about the Lord and they ask you a question and you don't know the answer, but all of a sudden the ver a verse comes to your mind that you haven't thought about for like 16 years. Uh, and a verse comes to your mind and you say, and you, and you quote them that verse and, then, and they say, oh, that's exactly what I needed. Wow, I never, I never, I never heard that before. And you, and, they, and you think, where did that come from? It came from him because you asked God to control you that day. You're his servant. Trust him and, and ask him to fill you and use you, and he will use you. And then I want you to see this. Lastly, Jesus fills those who trust him. Jesus fills those who trust him. I love the fact that it says in verse 8, and so they did eat and were filled. When you're, when you're asking Jesus, he totally and completely fills those who trust him. He totally filled them. It wasn't like they were, okay, I got a little bit, now this will barely get me home. No, he totally fills them. And there were leftovers. What do you do with the leftovers? What do you do with the leftovers? Here's what you do. He sent them away with full bellies to go and feed others. God always gives you leftovers. There's always enough for you and for somebody else. It's like my wife. My wife, my, we have not had children in our house for 12 years. She still cooks like there's seven of us in the family. You say, how come you're so fat? The answer is, my wife cooks very good and she cooks for seven and I don't like to waste food. And so, uh, but, but the, the truth of the matter is when you go to Jesus and you say, I need help to help them, God will give you everything you need to help them and he'll fill them and they'll go away with full bellies and, and, they'll, and, and, and that's just the way it is. God will give you full bellies so that you can go away and tell other people what you received. We don't receive from the word of God to keep it to ourselves. It gives us enough energy to keep going, but it also gives us enough food to serve others. We are to share the gospel and what God has given to us with other people. Well, we did that in 2023 here at Liberty Baptist Church. We want to do that in 2024. And so that was our annual business meeting. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for what you have given to us at this church. Thank you, Father, for the fact that you've given us truth so that we can share that truth with others. And I pray, Father, that you'll use what has been said. Father, maybe there's somebody here that's not saved. And if that's true, I pray that right now they'll put their faith and trust in you. Heads are bowed and eyes are closed. I want to ask a question. Do you know for sure if you died right now you'd go to heaven? How can you know that? Well, you can't know it by, going, by being good and going to church and being baptized. None of that will get you to heaven. The Bible says that Jesus Christ is God and that he died to pay the penalty of our sin. He was buried, and three days later, he rose from the dead. And the only way we can get to heaven is by putting our faith and trust in what Jesus did for us. If you've never done that, you can do that today. I'd like to know this. If you know for sure you're going to heaven, you've asked Jesus to save you, and you are absolutely sure you're going to heaven, would you slip up your hand as a testimony to that? Thank you. You can put your hands down. Maybe you couldn't raise your hand. Maybe you'd say, preacher, I don't know that, but I'd like to know that. Well, I'm telling you, the Bible says the only way you can know that is by asking Jesus to save you. If you've never done that, you'd say, Preacher, I'd like to do that. I'd like to know I'm going to heaven. Please pray for me. Would you slip up your hand? Let me pray for you right now. I won't embarrass you. I won't ask you to get out of your seat. I won't ask you to come up here. I'd just like to pray for you. I don't know for sure if I died right now, I'd go to heaven. I'd like to know that. Please pray for me. Anybody like that at all? 
Anybody? I didn't see any hands go up. But if that's you right now where you're seated in your seat, you can say to Jesus, Lord Jesus, I believe that you are God. And I believe that you died to pay for my sin. And I believe you rose from the dead. I need a savior because I've sinned. And I want to ask you to be my Lord and my Savior and my God. Thank you, Jesus, for dying for me. Help me now to live for you. The Bible says, whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. That's the key to you calling on Jesus. Christian, you've asked Christ to save you. You're his child. Why don't you say, Lord, I want you to use me this year to feed multitudes. I want you to fill me with bread that I can give to others. That's what Jesus wants us to do. We see that from this story tonight. Why don't you say, Lord, help me. Help me to be the witness that you want me to be. Give me someone who I can feed this week. Give me the bread that I need to feed them. God can use you if you're a willing vessel. He can give you the seven loaves. He can give you the few fishes, and he'll multiply them if you'll allow him to. Father, help us to take what we've heard and apply it to our lives. And we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. We hope that message was an encouragement to your heart. Now for weekly updates and for information about Liberty Baptist Church, be sure to follow us on Twitter and like us on Facebook at LBC of Las Vegas. Well, that's it for today. Thanks again for listening. Until next time, God bless.